Welcome to Slacker Motor Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles in the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how you doing? I'm doing great. A little bit of a rainy weekend, but felt like it was uh, somewhat productive. Had some decent sunshine off and on, so I got to go out with the family, uh, work on the carport. Got my uh, three-year-old to uh, help me out, moving some stuff around. And one point, I even had him on his back working on the recliner in the living room. I know it's not a motorcycle or a car, but he was turning a wrench and uh, want, didn't wanted to do it on his own, didn't want any help. It took a little longer that way, but it was fun. Got some good photos. Uh, so it was a good weekend. I uh, I can't complain. How about you? How are you doing, Addison? Sounds fun. Uh, yeah, things aren't uh, aren't too bad at all. Had a had a pretty good, I guess, week end of week and weekend. Uh, ended up breaking into some of the uh, some of the spare parts or the parts bike components from from the uh, JT1 that I have been uh, slowly chipping away at. Uh, so decided as I cleaned out the garage, made some more space in the shop there to uh, get some moto work done. There was a few parts just kind of lying around. So working on disassembling and bagging and tagging each part so I can get them in small boxes and, and stored instead of sitting on the, the uh, shop floor. Nice. So getting that all done. Uh, need to get a better bearing puller because... Uh, what I've got doesn't work unless uh, it's kind of a blind bearing. So I need something that'll that'll squeeze that off. Kind of a three arm press and or a separator slash puller is what I'm looking at right now. So I'll have to get that here in the next few days so I can really finish the job of uh, getting the engine apart and the different parts there so I can store them. Um, but I got that worked on. I got a little work on the Gladiator done. Got the rear case uh, all cleaned up. All the bearings removed. Uh, everything ready to where I can fully clean it in solvent, uh, remove all residue, and then I'm actually going to bake it in my powder coating oven uh, to make sure I get all residue off before I do the mechanical seal. Where it has it that if there's anything left uh, beyond just bare metal, that those seals don't take very well and you end up with premature failure. So I'm going to do it right since I can. Oh, okay. Now, this isn't the first time that you've used that oven, is that correct? No, I've used it for powder coating. I've uh, I've played with it there, so uh, realistically, I don't need nearly the same heat uh, for what I'm doing. I just want to make sure that after I run the solvents and then wipe it down and clear it off, that I'm getting all water and and material out of any little crevice that might exist in the uh, you know thirty year old, forty year old now uh, metal. So just making sure. That extra little safety, right? I can heat it up real nice, make sure everything's burned off, every little bit of moisture, so that uh, as I press that seal in, the uh, the adhesive that comes on the seal will uh, will bond perfectly to the material it's supposed to, and perfectly. I will have a fresh mechanical seal. Oh, that's uh, that's a that's a good good progress. That's a good update. I'm looking forward to hearing how that goes. Uh, hopefully, you're going to be doing that in the next week, and we'll hear how it goes next. Uh next episode is that correct hopefully yeah i'm, I'm kind of using the the time here i've got everything cleaned up and out of the way and kind of did the spring cleaning of the shop and garage and trying to use that to my advantage to uh to be able to 
really go through and uh, and get a lot more work done. So should oh, be uh, should be good. Oh, good, good. Yeah. So family's doing good. You, parents, grandparents, whatever. What else might uh, might apply? There, everybody's doing okay. I think everybody's doing fine for the time being. No, uh, no big issues. I know a lot of states and a lot of areas are starting to uh, lift some of the uh, quarantine uh, mandates or lift some of their their regulations they've got. I know, kind of in the northwest, we've we've extended ours out further, but. Those that don't live in the area seem to be good, and and probably in some states where I've got family taking more precaution than the average person, but uh, it seems to be working. Everybody's good. We're we're lucky enough to to be doing pretty well, and everybody seems to be surviving, with little exception of uh, of some early onset. I guess it's not early at this point, but some cabin fever. I know a lot of people are yeah. looking to get out and do stuff, and hoping to to be one with those around them once again, instead of being so secluded, but. All in due time. Yeah, for us, it was uh, we had to get something on the books, so scheduled something for the coast and Fourth of July week. So uh, I know it's going to be a slow ramp up to where we were, but figuring by then we should be okay, maybe. And worst case is it gets canceled, and we figure out something else to do. But uh, you know, with uh, things opening up, I imagine that a lot of activities that people would like to do are going to fill fast very quickly so i think yeah that, i think that's uh, true having a little bit of foresight and trying to get something on the books is uh is a good idea potentially just schedule it out a little bit yeah i, I hear what you're saying we had a handful of things scheduled uh in july that that we've kind of been hanging on to on the hopes that you know campsites and things will open back up by then so Fingers crossed, we'll at least be able to, you know, be careful as we go back out and and do more stuff, so that uh, so that we can at least have that that summer, right, a semblance of of summer. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, a lot of campsites might not open up. I think by Fourth of July, we're going to have a lot more opportunity to be able to do something like that and have it be kosher. But that you know, for us, we grew up in Eastern Oregon. You'd go out. There was a lot of just on the side of the road, there was a little bit of a pullout where, you know, obvious that people have been camping there off and on for decades. And so I'm okay with that kind of car camping. I don't have to go to a structured with a toilet, running water type of a campground. So I think worst, you know, comes up, we'll have to just go out and we'll find a spot. It's just a little bit more difficult over here on this side of the mountain, just a lot more dense with population. So trying to find those areas and not have them already been taken is a little bit more challenging. So we'll see. We're going to make do. We're going to do something. We got to get out. We got to make, still try to do something fun as a family and be able to have a little bit of a reprieve or a break. So looking forward to that. I know it's coming. Um, can't just sit here and keep working. Uh, working away and not have something to look forward to. So it actually bumped up the spirits in the household between my wife and I in the last week to just have something on the books that we can say, all right, this is what we're doing. We're going to go out and try to have a little bit of fun. So definitely recommend that. I agree. That's uh, that's fun. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything works out and you guys will be able to get the done. Sounds like you're not doing too much established camping, so it should work out without a problem. Yeah. 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 So. So yeah, I guess until then, been sitting around, kind of, you know, not just watching movies. Like I said earlier in my update, we're definitely spending a lot of time out uh, outdoors. But 
tends to be so, that I'm sure a lot of people are sitting down and watching a lot of movies. And we said we were going to talk about something movie oriented this yeah, week. So I got to say, so my life, you know, I, I grew up on dirt bikes. Then really the, the next thing I was into was movies. Got pretty into movies. I do enjoy uh, kind of eclectic classics, 80s, 70s, older movies. And then, uh, of course, got into Jeeps. And now we're back into the motorcycles. But uh, at that point, you know, uh, we kind of talked about it. And something that I guess I didn't realize how many moto movies I've seen. But I thought it would be well worth talking about motorcycles in the movies. So sent out a couple of feelers, and and we've gotten some responses from listeners and and oh, from friends and family, and and really a number of responses. The same few things keep popping up on some of these for uh, for people's best memories, and and maybe we can kind of start with that and see what our uh, our thoughts are on those. But uh, one of the most common ones that I that I keep seeing from people is definitely uh, the Great Escape. Now I don't know, Brad, have you seen that movie? Oh. This is an older movie. Seems like I have, yeah. Oh man, you you're killing us here, man. Great Escape is one of the. I mean, I don't. Know, it's a Steve McQueen essential. If you know who Steve McQueen is, and hopefully anybody with a motorcycle does, um, he loved to ride. He raced. He was quite the uh, motorcycle enthusiast. Basically, he's trapped in a in a in a camp during the war in a German camp. Um, it's definitely not you know, true to life as they had a lot of amenities that I don't think those in, in uh, military prison camps had, but nonetheless, at the end, he ends up stealing uh, uh, what was supposed to be a BMW, a German motorcycle and, uh, and escaping, or at least trying to escape. Uh, and at one point he does a, a pretty epic jump over the fences um, on this motorcycle. Now in the movie, they actually had a, a triumph TR six uh, that they used and kind of tried to make it look a bit like a uh, a BMW, but uh, just a little history there. But otherwise, a, a really epic scene. In fact, I was looking at uh, an article here that was uh, run by the Lexham Insurance in Europe. Now, granted, it's a, a European insurance company that, that ran uh, a number of surveys out amongst uh, European citizens. So there may be some bias being European. Uh, and being a triumph, but that was rated as the number one most iconic scene anyway. So it, it makes sense to me that people really relate to that scene and, and remember that as an iconic moto moment in their lives. Okay, okay, that's fair, yeah. Now, uh, beyond that, a couple of funny ones came up. Some people uh, mentioned the Dumb and Dumber scene. I'm sure you've seen that, Brad. <laughs> yes, I, I'm surprised that one came up, but... Uh... I guess we're going to call that a motorcycle, but whatever, that's fine. That's definitely a motorcycle scene. I mean, it, you know, he he totally redeemed himself. <laughs> uh, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that definitely counts. Uh, that came up. Top Gun came up a couple times. I think uh, m- many of us have seen that. If we love motorcycles, we often love jets. And so that scene, uh, I know there's a couple times he's on a bike, but the scene darting around the airport came up as a, as a popular motorcycle scene. Okay, um, okay. I'm sure your favorite is salt. I do enjoy the scene in salt. Have you seen that? <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah. Okay. That, that was a more obscure one that I kind of put on the list of scenes. And I have uh, more recently rewatched that movie just, uh, just cause yeah, he's got a, uh, she's got a nice 
street triple that she'll race with um, through traffic there. And, and it just reminds me of, uh, of my bike because it's exact, exactly the same. Yeah, it was a triple R, though. Is yours an R? No, but who cares? I've, okay, but it's the same year, right? It is the same, well, at least the same. I don't know if it's the same year or the same body style. Might have been a 10 in the movie, but nonetheless. It says 9. I'm looking at an article, and it well, says 9. Go. It all has right. to be true. You win. Man. All right, all right. You win. Yeah, that's a, okay. that's a good okay. one. So so you said, you're telling me everybody else, they, everybody in Europe loves these other movies and such. But what is your favorite? What is your iconic motorcycle movie or motorcycle in a movie? For me, there's a a couple of options uh, for movies that I really like that are motorcycle movies. Now, my quintessential, if I go to my favorite motorcycle movie, or it's not really a motorcycle movie, but motorcycles in a movie, it is a a fairly octane related, but I do love the Mad Max movies. Um, Both the older Mad Max, you know, back in 1979, there was some good motorcycle scenes, but even the new Fury Road from 2015, has uh, you know some pretty awesome apocalyptic bikes, a couple of dirt bikes that are completely uh, you know customized. Granted, it was all movie movie magic, so they're customized you know pretty professionally, but they're customized such that they they really do look like you know somebody could have hacked them together in an apocalypse. It was really well done by that crew to make these bikes that do look very um you know, apocalyptic customized. It's it's pretty cool. So I love that. They've got a lot of cool bikes running around, some good scenes of chases and races, both in the old and the new. So I got to say my favorite motorcycle movies or motorcycle in the movie scenes are Mad Max based. Okay. No, that's fair. That's fair for me. I don't know. So a lot of motorcycles that are in the movies are just, you know, just plain Jane motorcycles. I mean, they're cool. And some of them are modified to the, to your point, the Mad Max ones, a lot of those were customized and others are just iconic just because they're just they were popular they set some trend or they were uh, bleeding edge at the time when they were released and a lot of them i think either one of us would love to have any of these motorcycle uh motorcycles that are in these movies in our garage as well we just don't have big enough garages or the resources to be able to afford them obviously but for me i don't know for whatever reason the ones that really catch my attention are movies like Tron or Batman. And just because they're they're out there and they're different, and you're like, is this something that we could ever see? I mean, they're pretty far fetched. I mean, what do you what do you think about those bikes? I mean, nobody's mentioned those. Or do you not even consider those a motorcycle? Well, so the initial scene of I don't know if you've seen the new Tron Legacy movie, but there's an initial scene where he's on a Ducati. Um, and that actually came up as uh, one of our good buddy Blake's favorite movie, a tie between that and Top Gun. Um, but there are, you know, there's the Tron bike that's pretty epic. The, right, yeah, the, the Batman cycles. bike. I know what you're asking. Uh, the custom, you know, movie-specific bikes. Uh, and I got no problem with that. I think it's really cool. I think um, one of the things I found really interesting in that study um that that I was looking at was there was actually a quote from those that uh, that created the study. I want to make sure I get the quote right here. Um, but they said uh, very specifically that nothing embodies the same level of chaotic cool as a well choreographed bike stunt on screen. And there have been some classic two wheeled moments throughout the history of cinema. So, and I agree with that. Whether it's a, a real bike, a new you know the new 
back in 09, a new street triple that shows up on, on salt or whether it's a, you know, a chopper on easy rider. And we'll get into that or whether it's a, you know, a Tron bike or a Batman bike. I think it does a lot to help, um, you know, to help excite people about motorcycles as well as just bring a sense of freedom and excitement to the movie. There's something that, even if you don't ride, that you connect with and get excited about when you see a motorcycle stunt on screen. So sure. I think they're fine. I think it's cool. Okay. Okay. Yeah. They're just ones that, uh, I, you know, it would just be a lot of fun. They'd be very unique. So I, I agree with you. And there's, so it was kind of funny as we, uh, and granted, I, I've already mentioned a couple times I love movies. And so the idea of talking about motorcycles in the movies was just a fun idea for me. But as I began doing some research and diving in, I, I don't know if I was embarrassed or excited with how many I've seen. Um, <laughs> but going through the list, I, I realized that I uh, have a lot of motorcycle movies that, have, that I've run through. Uh, between the Bond movies, there's a number of them with good motorcycle scenes in it. Um, you know, Great Escape, we already talked about. Terminator 2, that's an epic one. People yeah. think of that, the, uh, the, you know, the cruiser chasing, being chased by the truck. Uh, very, very popular scene as well. Um, and if you haven't seen it, the world's fastest Indian is a really good, um, I don't know, a biopic. It's not really a documentary, but it's based on the true story um, of Bert. And that's, that's a really good one that, uh, that tells a really good story as well as just very motorcycle centric. That gets into being a motorcycle movie. Um, then you and I kind of hashed out a couple of ones that are maybe a little more guilty pleasure let's say i know you had mentioned ghost rider which is definitely a motorcycle movie but i I, you know i don't know if it's one i could watch over and over but it's fun and there's a motorcycle in it yeah and the other one that that i actually could watch over and over in fact i always (laughs) want to watch every time we do a slacker moto ride i want to like get a projector and one camp night projected out as i always want to watch wild hogs (laughs) yeah it is so stupid and it's ridiculous, but it does give you that sense of a motorcycle adventure. Like you watch it and you want to just go with your friends and ride. Oh, I could, uh, I, yeah, it's been a while since I've watched it, but that one came up. I, you, you know, you sent me a text that was a mile long of all the movies <laughs> that were motorcycle related and you had two sections. You had the ones you've watched and the ones you hadn't watched. And so I was trying to add to it and you're like, Brad, I already stated that one. That's one that I've watched. And I scroll up a little bit more and there's another 30 that you've got your name next to. So uh, it would be, uh, that's a good one. There's just a lot of really good movies out there that just, uh, you know, and I guess it depends on the era and kind of where we are as a society at the time. But some of these movies, I mean, they'd still be good. They're timeless, but uh, there's some movies that have motorcycles in them that just, you know, maybe I mean, not trying to put down the motorcycle, but people get excited about it and you're like, well, yeah, that's just, you know, that's an 80s fad thing, right? So it just depends. And some bikes that were quite old that sell for tons of money, like the Easy Rider one, were $1.35 million. Yep. For that yeah. Harley Davidson. So uh, that's just nuts. Well, that's a, that's a classic. I mean, a lot of people you know, attribute some of that custom chopper culture to that movie, you know, and that that's one that really, even if you haven't seen it, most people know of and have heard of 
and would immediately associate with motorcycle movies. So that that definitely has its its uh, following and and a pretty universal understanding. In fact, ironically, despite being like we talked about a, a European survey that uh, that that was questioned, it was interesting that Harley Davidson came up as the most watchable motorcycle in film. Really? So kind of, kind of to your point that I think that there's a a certain you know the the noise of a Harley the you know on on film you can make them look and be as fast and crazy and whatever as you want it has a certain attitude to it that I think worldwide when it comes on film people get that spirit of adventure immediately well it just kind of has one of those looks and one of those personas about it you're right to that to your point of an attitude when you think of a Harley rider or when a lot of people do you think kind of rough you think kind of edgy um there's a lot of different things maybe a little outlawish and and people can get it's something that people can get excited about even if it's not something that they would jump on and want to ride daily it kind of fits a lot of these movies that it goes into so they're well placed within those movies in a way that makes sense you don't see but- it as somebody's like uh five-year-old's uh you know birthday party pulling up the mom pulling up with their five you know there's just times where it doesn't make sense no they place it correctly to where it gets you excited it kind of fits and there's something to be said about just the i don't know the sense of adventure and the sense of of power there there is a cool factor that harley really still has and you know you can debate how they're doing and and I guess there's not too much debate right now is rough for them, but they're coming back up. I know they had a boost in in uh, in their stocks. That's not really the point of our our conversation today. But no, you, can't you know, you can debate those too much, regardless. Right now, it's all wild. That's fair, but I mean, what I'm saying is, you can debate who Hardly is and what they're doing, and whether you right. like it or not. Right. But you know, I look at these movies that we were just talking about. You know, what are my favorite movies? You asked me, and you know, I look at it. Now, Mad Max is different. That's a mix of bikes, but they're all pretty custom and chopped and. And they're cut up to be pretty rugged, but otherwise, you look at like Wild Hogs, Ghost Rider, uh, you know, Easy Rider. A lot of these older ones, you get into like fifties and sixties, and the Wild One. And there's all these movies that involve a lot of Harleys and choppers. Um, you know, T two. That scene's pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you start to really look at these, and then I think of you know Salt or. You know, Triumph really likes to inject their bikes in a lot of random movies, and it's noticeable for those of us that ride Triumph and love Triumph, and I think people see it and think, oh man, that would be cool, I like the look of that bike, but really those ones with Harleys tend to really get you excited, instead of just think, hey, cool bike. Right. You know, it is a, hey, cool, I want to ride a bike, is kind of what the Harleys in the movies do, and I, I think you're right, it has a lot to do with the placement and the scenes that it's in, but... uh you know, I, I think there is a certain sense of adventure that it, that it does portray, kind of, at least in movies, more than many other bikes. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of, you know, I, you know, I think of some of the other bikes. So, I mean, even within my list of things I've seen, there's a handful of documentaries, including one I just recently watched. It's on Amazon, uh, The Flying Dutchman. You and I talked about that a little bit. Right. That was a pretty entertaining very good feel good movie. I actually really enjoyed that that more recent is a 2016 movie documentary. Um, but I've seen you know hitting the apex and a couple of these like racing documentaries, and they make you excited and they're fun to watch because I'm a motorcycle person. But I think if you know someone that wasn't into motorcycles or not excited automatically by a motorcycle, I don't know if they'd get as excited about you know hitting the apex or these racing movies or you know the 
again, the motorcycle in salt. I don't think a, most people just kind of glazed over that, I think. I don't think people really registered, cool, there's a street triple in salt. Right. Right. Whereas everybody knows the scene in T2 with the Harley going down the, uh, you know, going down the the uh, water runway or whatever we call that. Waterway. They call that something. We don't have those in the Northwest. I don't know. You lost everybody. You lost I know. Me. That's what happens. <sighs> but it was funny looking through this, realizing especially something happened. I'm curious your opinion. Now, I think we both kind of have our ideas on this. But, you know, late 50s to early 80s, there is a large flux of motorcycle-centric movies. I mean, we're talking the star of the movie was not the star. It was the five or six motorcycles involved. What uh, what's that about, and where did that go? I you know I think part of it though was it was culturally driven. I mean, at that time, that's when motorcycles were really booming, and whether it was because of the movies or you know what came first, the chicken or the egg, I'm I'm having a feeling that a lot of this was already following a trend, and so they're following a trend of society really getting excited about watching movies, about buying movie, watching movies that have motorcycles in them, or buying motorcycles in general. I I think that was part of it, and so it motorcycles were selling not only uh, at the dealerships but in the movies, and people were wanting to see that, wanting that little bit of a rough edge. You had a little bit of a rebellion going on, and and all post war wanting to kind of get into freedom and kind of getting away and taking advantage of what rights we do have as a society. But that's, I guess, my opinion on it. I mean, what do you think? I think that's interesting. I think you're right that there was a certain cultural... I mean, you look at that, and that's really when motorcycles, at least in the U.S., boomed. And that has a lot to do with Hollywood, right? Your your worldwide motorcycle usage that's always kind of been popular in, in Asian countries, scooters and small bikes are just everywhere. That's always kind of been a thing. Um, but in the U.S., I think you're right. There was a, a big boom in those that wanted to to get into bikes in that hot rod scene of customization and kind of having a vehicle that represents you i think was starting to really become part of life right the the style of vehicles kind of began to blur out a little bit in the early to mid 70s and right. that's kind of when the the custom chopper scene and these things really started to bloom big because people wanted to have a vehicle that that was them like their old you know 61 el camino used to be with the wings right no longer were cars quite so personal they were now mass produced bikes as well i think a lot of people are getting into that and i look at it the reason i i agree with you on that and i feel the way i do is i also tend to see looking at the data set of just all these movies i've got uh and i'll post this list to uh to patreon for everyone to see later um at, well at the release of this uh this episode but there's also quite the influx in that 2005 to 2009 range you see a lot of movies ghost rider wild hogs uh, World's Fastest Indian came out, a uh, number of documentaries I'm looking at, um, and then some kind of random low-budget movies, Dust to Glory, uh, we're oh, looking yeah. at, you know, Torque, there's a lot of Freebird, a lot of little movies that kind of popped up, Biker Boys, in that time, that really started to uh, to kind of have motorcycles as the star again. But when I also look at the the TV scene of that time, that's when we had you know, things like American Chopper were really starting to become big. Biker Build-Off. Um, we had, uh, 
you know, Monster Garage with Jesse James. Right. And these shows where people were taking motorcycles and customizing them. And because of that, movies were taking bikes, making them, you know, popular in the movies again. And people were starting to, that kind of resurgence of old Harleys being custom and chopped began to come back real, real big in the U.S. at least. And I think that has a lot to do with kind of both of those, you know, really big spikes in moto movies. Well, I think it's all culturally driven. I mean, I think it depends on what society is wanting. What are people wanting? What are they getting excited about? And at that time, it was, you know, motorcycles. It was the builds. People were having time. They were able to, you know, their wages were decent before that all took place. People were spending money. And what were they spending money on? And some of that was motorcycles or being able to have the freedom to sit at their couch and watch movies or watch uh, TV episodes with these things on them. So um, I, I I think it really is culturally based. So if you guys want more uh, motorcycle movies, then we're going to have to show an interest in only motorcycle movies. So that, that's uh, that's what it comes down to, I think. And then we'll have some more amazing ones that will live for the rest of our lives and go on uh, to be to make history. No, I think that's fair. And I, I think every, you know, 10 to 15 years, there's always some big movie that comes out that everybody remembers a, a scene or, you know, has their motorcycle memory on a movie. Um, to your point, th- those do occur, but there are definitely these resurgences of, of large-scale, you know, multiple movies, and a few of them are really big hits. And, and I guess to your point of after after the war and everybody wanting that freedom, do we think we'll see a an influx more of motorcycle movies and and of that community come here after uh, after we're all able to uh, leave our homes at a more regular base? Well, I think it depends on what people are doing. Are they wanting to get into motorcycles? Are they wanting to go out and explore the country? I mean, I think these are all possible things. You know, you end up being kind of trapped to some extent and not able to travel, not able to get out. And you kind of just want to hit the road, right? You want to go somewhere. You want to go do something. And so I think it's a real possibility that there could be a resurgence of many of these things. But uh I, I, it's hard to tell at this time. I mean, are, how well are, are we going to bounce back from this? Are we going to be in a rut for the next six months to a year? I think a lot of things kind of play into that, that we just don't really have a good clear picture of at this time. I think I'd love for us to just be able to flip a switch and get back to where we are. But I think there's some critical things that have to take place before we can jump into that. I agree with you there, but I can see there being a, a resurgence of, of freedom and, and the desire to to have that two-wheel experience. So I'm hoping a lot of people you know, are able to kind of take this time and, and get their projects done and, and you know, really look at what's available and kind of if you're looking to do a lower-cost project, obviously motorcycles tend to be a little lower cost than cars or, or uh, many other hobbies of similar fashion, those automotive-based mechanical based hobbies um but i can see that being something that we see more of and so uh you know i hope that's the case i hope we get to be uh, you know a small part of that and can really you know get to know more people that are getting interested in the sport that are joining the sport that are enjoying the sport that we can really uh you know have have that community and, and have it grow and really become something that's supportive and a positive influence on on uh, really the world, not just our our local communities, but 
changed really the world. Yeah, I mean, it all starts on two wheels. All right, well, or we just need to get people excited about making movies about motorcycles. I think we could do that, too. I mean, uh, feel free to start. I mean, you just got a new uh, video camera and and uh, recorder, so you could start. You could change the world, Addison. That's fair. I mean, uh, some of it, uh, even looking back, I had already decided uh, pretty well that I wanted that Triumph Scrambler, but it didn't uh, didn't hurt that that uh, that new Jurassic World movie had a pretty nice one running around. So hey, it does you even have, have a Matchbox cars. I'm sorry, it's a Matchbox, but it, you do have a replica kind of of your Scrambler. It was it's a movie bike. Right That's a good one. I forgot to bring that one up. Yeah. I guess it's not solely about motorcycles, but it had one in it. I guess that's the way I viewed all of these, but that's kind of, I'm, I'm that's derailing fair. a little bit, but still. No, we, uh, within the list, it really encompassed both, both aspects. I had, you know, a handful, really the list I sent you was more motorcycle based movies, but right. a lot of the conversations that, that I've had or the messages we've received and the feedback we've gotten has been scene based, especially, you know, when we're talking dumb and dumber or. Top Gun, or you know, even The Great Escape. There's only a motorcycle for the last you know ten minutes of that three-hour movie. It's definitely not a moto movie, but that's if anybody. I mean, I think the front cover of most editions of that movie is Steve McQueen on a Triumph. So you know, it's well, it was actually a Triumph. Okay, and they didn't do a good job of masking it. It's pretty hard. The, the engines are very different. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're going to have to tell me sometime. Well, I guess I can look into it. I didn't know that they were trying to mask it up, so that's funny. Yeah, I mean, I think they're just bars and and minimum changes to make it look more of that style than the dirt bike-ish TR6 that it was. Right, right. So, nonetheless, it's... Uh, Something I've always enjoyed growing up and, and obviously into into my adulthood. Really enjoy seeing motorcycles in the movies. Uh, I had a good time researching and threw a couple of new movies into my list. was able to watch a couple of them, uh, being that documentary and then catching up on on other bike movies that, uh, that I hadn't seen in a while. Uh, really, other than The Flying Dutchman, uh, I ended up watching Knight Riders. That was one. Uh, those that uh, saw the Instagram post for... For Slacker Moto, may or may not have recognized the image mm. there for Knight Riders. Uh, that is a motorcycle-specific and centric movie that is just strange beyond belief. And, <laughs> you know, it's... Yeah, it's not a comedy. It's a B-80s movie, and it tries hard enough that it really has some feeling to it, but it's just... The premise is just so... I don't know. So much an attempt to have motorcycles in a movie... But, it, you know, it's entertaining. It was well worth a watch. I'm glad I've seen it. Um, it's got Ed Harris, so there is at least one good actor in it. Uh, the other main <laughs> character in it is actually one of Tarantino's common... Uh, not Tarantino, sorry. Uh, wrong director. Uh, oh, now I can't even remember. Day of the Living Dead. Night of the Living Dead director. Um, anyway, one of his common stuntmen, so he had him as a main actor, so there was a lot of good stunts and and good action in the movie on motorcycles, but uh, that's that's a fun one. If you haven't seen it, uh, it's not necessarily one to have kids around. It's not uh, terrible, but it's definitely not a, a kid friendly, family friendly movie. But pretty uh, pretty entertaining for a good motorcycle flick. Okay. 
Yeah, and if you guys have some other ones, you'll have to let us know if there's anything that we missed that just should have been mentioned. I'm sure somebody's rolling around right now screaming at us, telling us that we should have mentioned one of their uh, favorite movies or something along those lines. So let us know. So along that question or that comment, Brad, one thing I'd like to ask our, our awesome community is if uh, if you're interested in kind of doing a, some kind of a cadence, probably not monthly, but maybe once every other month, um, us kind of doing a movie, not necessarily a review, but talking about a moto movie. I think that would be a lot of fun, but if nobody wants to hear it and nobody asks for it, I don't want to waste anybody's time with it. So if that's something you're interested in, let us know. We can uh, definitely make that happen. We can set up and obviously in advance, let you know what we're going to watch so that uh, everybody else can watch and, and you guys can uh, join along as we kind of talk about it. And we'll take, uh, you know, obviously any feedback and comments and things beforehand so that uh, we can all be involved as a community and in, in talking about the movie. So yeah, let us know if that's something you'd like to do or, or have done um, so that we can set that up. Otherwise we'll, uh, we won't do it. <laughs> I won't make anybody listen to me talk about movies more than just this episode. If nobody wants to. <laughs> Thank you. I know I, I can get into it, man. I I do enjoy a good movie, especially if there's a motorcycle in it. No, I hear you there. Nonetheless, uh, glad everybody's doing well. That is, and hope if you're not that uh, that things pick up. Uh, let us know what uh, how you're doing. Feel free to catch us on Facebook, of course, Patreon, uh, Slacker Moto Radio, uh, SlackerMoto dot com. You can email us any of the above. Um, Facebook and 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 all of that are are available as part of the community. And uh, we're all here to support each other and, and really make sure we get chances to get out and ride together and, and build that community. So let us know. And uh, we hope that everybody has an awesome week. Until next time, ride on. Mm-hmm.